0: not a matter of if, but when, a crisis could turn your world upside down. I'm Rashini Rajkumar, crisis strategist, licensed attorney, and host of The Crisis Files. In each case file, we explore a real crisis or a ripped-from-the-headlines controversy. My Crisis Squad and I are here to find solutions. Our suggestions and those of our guests are meant to empower you to handle your own crisis or prevent crises from happening. We do not provide legal, financial, medical, or PR advice for particular situations, but strongly recommend you seek out professionals to help your specific need. Our show's voice for wellness, Jamie Martin, is here. Jamie is the editor-in-chief of Experience Life, an award-winning health and fitness magazine with more than 3 million readers and is connected to the Lifetime brand. She's here for the case file, Help! I'm Sleep Deprived! Whether you ask medical doctors, sleep therapists, or your neighbor, everyone knows most people are sleep deprived. This simple but dynamic process is needed to help you regulate your body and function as a human being. Some call lack of sleep a national epidemic in America. Jamie... Why are we also sleep deprived? Well,
1: I would start by asking, how are we spending most of our time? You know, we're living in a culture that is 24-7 connected. In America, especially, productivity is the name of the game. And so often, sleep is one of the first things we sacrifice in the name of productivity. But then it's also, because we're busy all the time, we sometimes go on lack of sleep because we want to be entertained. Or it's our only free time is to stay up a little later at night and to spend some time like watching that favorite show or scrolling and catching up on social media. You know, I'm a mom of two. I will say my girls, as they're getting older, they're staying up later. And I just want a little bit of alone time. So personally, my sleep time is getting later and later as they're getting older. And that's affecting how much I'm sleeping. And I've noticed personally that that's a problem. So I'm not alone. You know, there are statistics out there. There's a 2022 survey that about one in 10 people around America are saying they're not getting enough sleep. The CDC estimates that about a third of Americans are not getting enough sleep. But then you talk to sleep experts, as we've talked to at Experience Life many times, and they're estimating that as many as seven in 10 of us are sleep deprived.
0: Well, that kind of makes more sense. I mean, yes, you talk about your girls. I think there was a time when we were younger that being able to stay up was the thing. It was so cool. You were waiting to become a teenager so you could do that. I would sleep in on Saturdays until noon or one. Now I wish I could do that. My body isn't able to do that, nor does my schedule allow for that. So in a way, we really need to rewrite the story when it comes to sleep. Yes. I mean, we have to set
1: boundaries around our sleep really in so many ways. I mean, in the health and wellness world, sleep is now being compared with exercise and nutrition as an important factor in your health and well-being, if not the most important factor, because so much is happening in our bodies. We might be resting, we might be sound asleep, but our bodies are working really hard when we're asleep. And if we're cutting down on the time that we're sleeping, or if there's a sleep deficit because we don't have enough, or if there's sleep disruption, our bodies aren't getting the chance to do the work that really helps us maintain optimal health and well-being.
0: I know, even just last night, as I had a crazy day because I'm getting ready for another trip, so many things, whether it was work, packing, doing a quick walk of the dog at 8 p.m., all of these things, I just got to this point where I hit a wall. Mm -hmm. And I just said, I need to go to bed now rather than keep on pushing through even another 15 minutes. I'll get up early. I'll get some other things done. So, I mean, your body does know. Absolutely. Our bodies will tell us. We have to be willing to listen to them. But there's so many
1: factors in modern life that kind of prevent us from noticing. You know, you think about back, you know, not that long ago before electricity. When it got dark out, you went to bed. That was kind of you followed the patterns of nature and what was happening. The now, sun and the moon. The sun the moon, all of those factors. And now we have, you know, lighting in our homes. We have the blue lights on our devices that we can pick up at any time and scroll through. We're missing some of the cues for sleep. Like, yes, sometimes we hit that wall, but more
0: often not that we
1: can kind of ignore them or make excuses for why we're not going to bed
0: let's talk about the blue light and screens whether it's tv your phone other devices those are so disruptive and and i will say even though i charge my phone in my office turned off i will be in bed sometimes later at night or first thing in the morning checking emails doing some social media and i know that's bad for me how do we stop
1: Well, it's a choice, right? Where do we put our phones and what boundaries do we have even around our devices? Because they are so tempting. I read a statistic recently that said something like we pick up our phones 2000 times in any given day. That's a crazy amount of times we touch our device. It's crazy. But also, if you think about it, think about how connected they've become to our bodies. And so if we don't set some boundaries around them, we will just catch ourselves mindlessly scrolling. I know I don't know about you, but I will be like, oh, I'm going to go on this for 10 minutes and all of a sudden 20 minutes have passed. Absolutely. It's so easy to get lost. So if we don't set those boundaries, especially around bedtime, that blue light affects some of our own like hormones and our rhythms that are released as we're supposed to be winding down and preparing to go to bed.
0: So it really is dangerous. And you're right. Mm-hmm. Choice is the key. I know for me, when I am exercising, mm-hmm. especially when I go out for a run, I don't take my phone with me. The only time I do is if I'm out of town and I have a bad sense of direction, so I take it with me in case I get lost. Right. But I love that time away from my phone, and I guess it just means I need to make more of those spaces in my daily life, in my week. Absolutely. Just
1: what are the opportunities to set it aside? But especially when it comes to sleep, like how do we just know like an hour before bed, all of my devices go off. Or if you're going to watch TV, make sure it's across the room and the other lights in your home are dimmed so that you're starting to kind of set the stage for
0: a better and more seamless route to bed. I'm so impressed with you that an hour before bedtime, you turn all of the screens off. That is discipline. Did it take you a while to get there? Well, I will say
1: I am absolutely not perfect in this. This is something I'm working on every day. That's a recommendation that comes from many experts and they'll often caveat that and say, start with 30 minutes, then build up to an hour. I would say I can work towards that 30 minutes. But as I mentioned, with the age my kids are right now, I'm often catching up with work before bed. And so it really is then kind of bumping even my bedtime back a little bit, just so I do have that half hour of disconnection.
0: Well, I wonder if you can turn this into an advantage. They're probably old enough where they can put themselves to bed. Yes. Maybe you can get some time back and you get to go to bed earlier. Well, that's what I'm working towards <laughs> okay. and I'm
1: hopeful for here in the next couple of years. I still have girls who really like you know us being right there. So
0: let's talk a little bit about the consistency of when you go to sleep, because I know sometimes we wait for the weekend to either sleep in or stay up late, whatever the case may be. But what do your writers and the the people you interview to kind of get your stats say about the sleep times? Well, they really
1: say it's important to kind of maintain a consistent both bedtime and wake up time. And typically within and then keeping that within about a half hour on either side of it, just because that helps to set our circadian rhythms, which essentially our circadian rhythm is like this master clock that governs a lot of our biology and our bodies. It helps govern all of our different organs and all of these different things and how they all work together to ideally function optimally. The goal is to kind of keep those consistent times and ideally going to bed earlier and then waking up earlier. So. You know, Henry Emmons is an amazing um, psychologist and psychotherapist that we work with in the magazine. And his thing is, if you're going to bed around 10 and trying to get up around six or so, that's usually a really good time. And those first four to five hours of sleep are really the most critical. Our bodies are repairing themselves and healing, when we're sleeping. Yeah. They're repairing, they're resetting, they're healing. And those first four to five hours are really the most critical. One thing he said to us at one point on the podcast that I co-host is you know if you do find yourself waking up at two or three in the morning that can be frustrating but if you've got a good four to five hours before that a lot of the hard work has been done so go easy on yourself. Don't find, Don't let fret yourself, about it. Don't fret about you awake it. Even do it more. again the next night. Hopefully the next night you'll sleep through it. But he said, like, don't fret if you do find yourself waking up occasionally, you know, yeah. after that time. If you went to bed at a decent time, like 10 to 2, a lot of really good repair has already happened in those first four hours of that window.
0: That's a relief, Jamie. So many years ago on my radio show, I had the opportunity to interview Ariana Huffington mm. as her book Thrive was just yes. coming out. And in that book, she gets into how she has kind of an accountability partner, one of her girlfriends, they'll text each other, things like that. But they also set an alarm for bedtime. So the alarm goes off, and that means it's bedtime, you got to go to bed. What are your thoughts about something like that? That seems like it could help you set a good habit. I love using the reminders
1: on my phone, and I think it just depends on your personality type if that's going to work for you or not. I have those kind of reminders for taking my vitamins and going to bed, and it is really easy to ignore them. So I do think, yes, that phone and that alarm clock can be an accountability, but could you have your partner be your accountability buddy, a friend, sibling, or somebody who could say, hey, I'm going to bed right now? Maybe that's a more productive way for some people to actually have a fellow human who's in this with them to get some better sleep.
0: So why did we want to get into this topic on the Crisis Files? Well, let me tell you, the consequences are huge. And I want to touch on some of them with Jamie. Weight gain, memory and hearing loss, high risk for cancer, heart attack, stroke, type 2 diabetes, and impeded sexual function. Yes, I did say that, folks. That's going to catch a lot of people's ears. What can you tell us about why this is happening? Now, you've shared that our bodies are repairing. Is that the main reason? Because... We're just not repairing and we keep breaking down. So all these things
1: are affected. I mentioned the circadian rhythms when we're not getting enough sleep, our circadian rhythms are off and that affects all of our organs in our bodies. And so if one organ gets off and there's all of a sudden there's more inflammation over here, let's say in your liver, for instance, that can affect other areas. So we want to make sure that when we're getting enough sleep, we allow our bodies to repair those things. You know, even you talk about cognitive function in your brain, when we're not getting enough sleep, our brains don't get the opportunity to clean themselves up. It's kind of like the janitor coming into school at night to do the deep clean and get things out. If they don't get in there with enough time to do their work, we're left with a little bit of a mess and things just start to accumulate and build up. And it's up. like a fog. It becomes a fog. And that's from a cognitive side, but also from a health side. When our bodies don't get a chance to repair, you know, you think about exercise. You need it for performance as well. So we need to give our bodies time to come back and to reset. And when that's not happening, there can be greater inflammation throughout your body and including in your brain. And there can be all sorts of health consequences tied to just that. Our hormones are off when we're not getting enough sleep. All of those pieces, so when our hormones are off, that can affect our metabolism, which can cause us to gain weight. All of these pieces, it becomes a little bit of a, a snowball effect when we're not allowing our bodies the time and space to do this essential work that's really so important for our overall health and well-being.
0: I kind of think of it as a washing or a cleansing because most of us are brushing our teeth two, three times a day, washing our face a couple times a day. We can't really wash our insides. So sleep is doing the washing for us, right? Absolutely. So I'm going to try to keep thinking of it like that and and rededicate because it is so important.
1: It's so important. And, you know, one of the things that I often think about with all these health factors, sleep being one of many of the pillars we talk about regularly in the magazine, there's sleep, there's exercise and movement, there's nutrition. If you pull the web of all these factors that affect our health, they affect each other. So if I don't get enough sleep, I might wake up feeling pretty crummy, so I skip my workout. Well, then I skip my workout, and all of a sudden... I'm just going to have what I want to eat over here. Bad food choices. Bad food choices. And then all of a sudden I'm, I'm feeling guilty and I'm making myself stressed out about that. So it's this whole cumulative one thing affects the other. The vice versa is true as well. If all of a sudden I'm like, OK, I'm going to go to bed at 10. I'm going to get up at 6. I'm energized. I'm not waking up with a brain fog. I got my workout in it can affect other areas of our health and well-being and they all work together. So sleep is kind of just one of the things we can do, but it's all intertwined and they affect just how we show up in the world.
0: They really are intertwined topics and it's really important. And that's why we wanted to bring you Jamie and her tips and her real call to action here. I mean, that's what today is, Jamie. So thank you for being with us. She is Jamie Martin, our guest uh, and wellness contributor. She's editor in chief of Experience Life Magazine. Today's Crisis Brief brought to you by GovPublic. Public. Number one, practice good sleep hygiene. Number two, make sleep as regular a part of your good habits as exercise and healthy eating. Number three, set an alarm clock so you know it's time for bed. Reputation issues can arise quickly and unexpectedly. Prepare and plan before a crisis strikes with Goff Public, an award-winning public relations and public affairs agency. Your best defense is a crisis-ready culture that helps you spot potential issues, act swiftly, and reflects your brand's values while building trust with your audiences. Learn more at GoffPublic.com. Thank you to my podcast co-producers Tom Hamilton of Undertone Music and Kim Inslee. Catch up on all our case files. Go to thecrisisfiles.com for our archive, plus special video elements. You can also subscribe to our YouTube channel on thecrisisfiles.com. Follow The Crisis Files on Instagram and Twitter. I'm Rashini Rajkumar. Join me next time on The Crisis Files.